This is part one of a two-part artist interview episode with Kevin Barnes from of Montreal. To hear more of the conversation, visit chirpradio.org slash podcast or listen wherever you get your podcast. This is Mick, and you're listening to the Chirp Radio Podcast. I am here with Kevin Barnes of of Montreal, and he is touring for his last record, White is Relic, Irelis Mood. How are you doing today, Kevin? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to speak with me this afternoon. So, real quick, um, you know, I, I know that... You, that your stage presence is a big part of uh, your music and also um, how you relate to your fans. Did you develop a particular persona for this tour or for this past album? Or um, who are you on stage right now? Uh, well, the last couple of tours I've done in drag. And so it's more of a persona-based performance. But this tour decided to just kind of myself in a way just just to do something out of the ordinary you know being myself is kind of something I haven't done in a long time not that I'm like really I don't like actually feel like I'm becoming something else you know is that some transfiguration sort of thing more so just uh, feeling like I wanted to be more vulnerable on stage and so I feel like in a way it's sort of a device that helps me on some levels, like if I get into a persona, then it helps me get into the performance state of mind a little bit easier. And But this time around, I just feel like it's fun to just kind of be more raw, more more vulnerable, more naked on stage just by being mad myself. So what does the process typically look like for developing these, uh, these personas or um, deciding on what what elements you're going to embody during your stage performance? Um, well, something that I've been like developing for you know the past like twenty years or whatever. Just like <clears throat> it's all sort of a continuation of something I started you know many years ago with these different characters. I had a character a long time ago named Jacques Lemire, and uh, he's sort of this like dandy fop kind of French weird dude that. You know, I would draw on this like pencil thin mustache and do a sort of vaudevillian thing, and I painted my face. You know, I did. I started painting my face white and like drew this mustache on, and that was like kind of the first character that I ever performed as. And then from there, it became more transgressive, a little bit more gender bending, and um, more like sexual and wild. And you know, so I sort of took that pretty much as far as I wanted to go with it. Didn't want to go full Gigi Allen, you know. <laughs> How has your persona or the uh, characters that you have embodied in the past, I know you're not that on this tour, uh, you've sort of emerged from that, but how has that helped you connect with your audience in the past? Um, I think that like dressing in drag and like dressing in sort of wild clothes and putting on like tons of makeup and things like that, 
it's it's a transportive process you know it, it takes you out of your like day-to-day boring life or you know at least if you're not a drag queen by profession then your life's gonna be kind of boring you know in comparison but um so yeah like doing the whole drag thing and doing the whole gender bedding thing has been for me personally a lot of fun and it's been you know really therapeutic and I think that also like getting giving people an opportunity giving them a safe space where they can do a similar thing for themselves has been has been really positive and you know I feel like as far as like creating a community of people that are into that sort of thing you know it's cool to be the uh or just it's cool just to be a part of something like that it's cool to be a part of a community like that and like I, I don't really feel like like when we perform I don't really want it to be a voyeuristic thing for the audience I want it to be a communal thing I want them I want people who come to the show to also use you know the opportunity that I'm that I'm using myself to like do something special do something out of the ordinary and like express myself superficially in a way that I wouldn't do you know in my day-to-day life and so I think it's fun when people also take or use the opportunity to do something similar for themselves so you like to think that you're helping people you know become feel more authentic or to become more liberated through your performance in a way um, not even necessarily through my performance. It's just like how like New Year's Eve gives everyone an opportunity to like, you know, wear some fancy clothes and like, and you know, like really just like have fun and like, you know, not get stressed out about whatever's going on. Like you're just socially and culturally encouraged to do something communal with everyone. Like we're all doing this together. We're all celebrating New Year's Eve together, you know, like same thing with like Halloween and things like that. Like we're not really given that many opportunities in life to do those kinds of things together. And so I kind of view it more like that. It's just like a holiday. Like every time we go on stage or like every when we're on tour, every day that we're on tour is like a holiday for me because when I'm back at home and I'm not on tour, you know, I go back to just being sort of introverted and quiet and like not trying to get attention you know for myself i'm just trying to like fit in with the universe and do my thing a little bit about how indie rock has you know evolved and changed and you know how people view it differently in 2019 than they did 20 years ago um how has it changed from your perspective i know i could talk about it as a fan but as someone who's lived it and has been writing indie music for you know you know their entire adult life um how what what have the transitions been like that you've observed um, I can definitely say that, you know, because, like, we've been doing it long enough, we can see, like, pre-internet and, you know, current times. So, like, you know, when we first started, it was basically college radio was, like, the only way people would ever hear your music outside of the little town that you lived in or whatever. And because, like, you know, Rolling Stone and Spin and things like that weren't really covering indie music. Oh, right, yeah. So it's like, if you weren't on a major label, you weren't on MTV you know, it was really hard to get people, you know, to help push your music, you know. So we were lucky that we were a part of the Elephant Six Collective, which was this group of like-minded indie 
kids that were into 60s music and you know kind of obsessed with like psychedelic pop and sort of Dadaist performances and things like that so like bands like Nutrimilk Hotel and Appleton Stereo and Elevate Trauma Control were getting some um, some press and some acclaim and some attention and so we sort of piggybacked on that and they were um, able to like well I learned a lot from them you know because like they were the ones that started touring like booking their own tours and uh, putting out their own records and just kind of doing it you know the DIY way and so that they were like extremely helpful for me to like to learn how to like do this thing in a very sustainable way that's like outside of corporate America that is um, just something that you just have complete control over and you know you have your autonomy and you can excuse me you can like get your own recording equipment and you can learn how to produce yourself and you know you can just figure out ways to like on a budget put together an interesting looking performance and so yeah from there you know we just sort of just kept at it you know like there was many 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 years at least like six years where we were putting out records and going on tours and like never reaching more than like 50 to 100 people a night and we just kept at it because it's just you know what we love to do and it didn't really matter that it wasn't you know when you're young when you're like in your early 20s and stuff it's like you can you can deal with like sleeping on people's floors and you know eating a taco bell every day and things like that for well it's it's not great for you no no it's not healthy or anything but like it's still part of the adventure and you know and it's fun and it doesn't feel like you're a loser or anything because you're you know not playing to like thousands of people every night but um yeah so eventually just luckily it started becoming more popular with people and you know we got some like attention from like things like the oc which was a tv show back in the day that was like pretty influential and we had a song on that and that seemed to like help a lot and then we got these like weird commercial connections that also seemed to help but then kind of hurt too yeah. like out that's outback steakhouse yeah. i think i remember yeah exactly let's go out back tonight so there was like it was like a weird time because yeah like things were kind of like split like we had gone so long without having any sort of like attention from the outside world at least from like the kind of consumer society mm-hmm. part of America and then when uh, when we started becoming more popular then it felt like the eye of whatever capitalism was like focused on us for a second they're like oh. the eye of Sauron <laughs> yeah exactly it's like oh we can use this band to make some money and we're like okay because we've been so broke for so many years and it's really hard I mean I think that's like the tricky thing when like like I, I have a lot of respect for the bands that are like no we'll never sell a song for a commercial but I had like a young child you know at the time and it was kind of like really hard if someone like waves money in front of your face and you're like I need money <laughs> okay I'll take it <laughs> uh, so it's really hard yeah when you're like when you're like having to support a family and stuff to like be like oh I'm totally uncorruptible I will never sell a song to a commercial you know
Find this and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.